it's it's a good time of year, isn't it? It's uh, I hope everyone had a, a wonderful Christmas yesterday, and and I think we're all coming in here with our bellies full and and everything else, and, and walking just a little bit slower than we normally do. So so it's it's good to see you guys this morning, the day after Christmas. I'm really really honored, and and I always counted a privilege to get to speak to you, and I always just want to lead with. You know, we're all learning together, right? I never want to come from a place of like, I've got this figured out. You don't. And so we're all just growing, learning together. I think the Lord really has something for us this morning as we approach the new year and begin thinking about uh, prayer and fasting like, like Clay was talking about earlier. And I'm going to be diving into primarily prayer this morning, uh, a little bit about fasting as well. But it's kind of interesting, right? Because we're, we're coming out of a season where it's like we're encouraged not to be very disciplined. It's like eat whatever you want to while you can. And uh, I remember... <laughs> My uncle Randy is one of the funniest people I know, right? And he said when when they were growing up, they were so poor, he put dried macaronis in his pockets for a snack throughout the day. Can you imagine eating dried macaronis throughout the day? And so he made it a point when he was literally, he said, when I grow up, I'm going to eat all the candy and drink all the pop I can. And he said, you know what? I've done it. And so that's kind of my outlook until January 9th. I've got about three cartons of pop. My my mama mama left at the house, and we got all kinds of cakes and cook. No, I'm just kidding. So moderation, right? Um. (laughs) <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, I think uh, as we approach the new year, I think God really has something for us this morning. Let me just open up in prayer, and then we'll get going. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I just love you so much. I thank you so much for the opportunity uh, to, to stand here and speak, and I just pray that you would hide me behind your cross, and I pray that you would go your, with your people this morning, Father. Open our hearts and our minds, God, our ears to, to hear what you have for us as we approach this new year to get started on the right foot. And God, I just thank you for your goodness, for your glory. Father, we give you worship and praise this morning. And again, we pray that your Holy Spirit would just fall in this place, lead us and guide us this morning. And we give this message entirely to you in Jesus' name. And so the title of my message this morning is A Life of Prayer. And, and honestly, when you talk about prayer, there's, I mean, we could spend an entire sermon series on prayer and different things, right? And, and so I have a couple different things that I want to talk about. The first of which is simply the privilege of prayer. And prayer is one of those words used in Christianity in our walk with God. We say it so much and it's so, it's so common. I think sometimes we tend to take it for granted, right? And, and the, the Lord spoke to me a, a few weeks ago. I was walking and hunting to me is, is a beautiful thing. I get to get out in the woods and spend time with God. And I was walking into the woods. It was completely dark and I had, it was just really heavy, you know, a lot of things going on in life. I was really busy, had a lot of, a lot of things I got to, had to get done. And, and so I began to just pray and lay things down at God's feet. And, and it, the thought occurred to me, man, what a, what a privilege and what an honor it is that I get to, to, to go to God, the creator of the universe, the giver of life. I get to go before him anytime I want to. And that's amazing, right? It really is, if you think about it. Now, back in the day, it wasn't like that. And sin is a real problem, right? So much to the point that Jesus had to come and he had to give his life for it so, so that he would, he would destroy those barriers in a way. But used to, there was a chief priest and, and one time a year he would get to you know, go before God and even then it was still dangerous, right? And to me, that kind of concept of God being dangerous kind of messed with me used to, but I heard it said one time, you know, God's kind of like, it's not because he's bad, it's because he's good. Now, if you think about the, the literal son, it's the giver of life here on planet earth. And without it, we, we wouldn't be here. But if you get too close to it, it's a little dangerous, right? And so when we chose to disobey God, there's a separation. But thank God that Jesus came. That's what we celebrated, like Matt said yesterday, right? God with us, Emmanuel. Jesus came and he gave his life for us that we could come boldly before God. So I, I want to I see this too because sometimes 
Sometimes we, we think we, we're in that place where we can't go before God, right? Like we're too messed up, we're too dirty. Romans 5, 6 through 11 says this, For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone will even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we should be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. So in terms of privilege of prayer, we are reconciled with God. We have access to God and we can come boldly before God. And if we were just to leave that message right there, that's a wonderful thing this morning that we all need to be reminded of, right? That you can go to a God who loves you, cares for you, died for you while you were still a sinner. And so we can come boldly before him this morning. Now, I want to talk about a couple of different things, a couple of different topics. And I got all cute with the word P, right? Prayer and, you know, privilege. And now we're going to go into the purpose. <laughs> anyway, you can laugh this morning. You guys with me? You good? You good? So let's, let's talk a little bit about the purpose of prayer. Now, ultimately, prayer is like this, you know, simply put, it's communication with God, right? It's the vehicle in which we are launched, in, launched into the presence of God. It's a place where we communicate with Him, where we receive a word for Him, where we lay our burdens down at His feet, where we receive direction and guidance, and we are transformed more and more into the image of God, right? And so when we talk about the purpose of prayer, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, and there's a, there's a the point I want to make, and it, it, prayer is a two-way street. And a lot of times, I don't know if you're anything like me, but I get caught up in like request mode where, you know, Santa Claus, for, you know, you, you write your list of things that you want, you drop them off, you know, quickly, and then you leave, and then you hope that everything, you know, comes to pass. And so I can get caught up in just kind of like I see, you know, there's something wrong or something's happening, and, you know, I'm praying for myself or my family or friends. I'm like, you know, hey, God, I need you to do this real quick. Boom, you leave. But prayer is a two-way street. And I think it's important that we begin to listen, right? We begin to listen for God during prayer. And we have to get to a point where we set aside some time, right? I think that's important. Now, we're all busy, right? And I think, you know, Richard Jones, he said one time, he was talking about kind of like uh, the quick prayers that we pray. I think it's a beautiful thing. You know, you're in the middle of the day and sometimes, you know, you get a text, hey, I need, need something or someone gives you a prayer request it's, and you shoot a quick prayer to God. It's like daily communication all throughout the day and that's beautiful and that's wonderful in the midst of the chaos. But I also think it's really important that we set aside time to get alone and get away because we're hearing things from multiple sources, yeah. right, in the world that we live in. From social media to the news and everything else, we're constantly hearing stuff. And if we're not taking time to set aside, it's hard for us to recognize the voice of God, right? Like if I were standing in the middle here and I told you guys to talk as loud as you can, and I was trying to listen specifically for Matt to say something, it'd be kind of hard, right? So sometimes we need to quieten things down. And we learn to listen to God. I begin to recognize His voice more and more clearly as I grow in my walk and my, my journey with God. Now, I want to camp out here on this, this idea for just a second, but in terms of prayer, the purpose of prayer, guys, we live in a world where people are hurting. I mean, really, really hurting. 
And that should, that should bother us, right? People are, they have sickness, they have disease, there's people who have experienced the loss of loved ones. People are literally living in the bondage of fear. Marriages are failing. There's attacks on our families. Our children are in a world that, you know, we all, if you have children, it's like, my goodness, what are they going to grow up into? There's corruption, our country in the shape that it's in. Again, depression, and the list goes on and on and on, right? And I don't mean to be the barrier of bad news, but I really want to make it a point to you this morning that there are people that are around us that are hurting, and we must learn to intercede to God for people, right? I have this slide up here. Intercession, if, if, of all the things that I say today, there's, this, this is the one thing I think that's really stuck with me that God's kind of speaking to me on. But intercession is how we connect hurting people to the only source that can help them. Now think about that for a minute. Yes, we have doctors and medicines and we have all these things that, that we can go to, right? But at the end of the day, there's only one source that can really give us what we're looking for. And as a believer, when I look at my friends and my family and those around me who are hurting, my workplace, when I think about those people, the only way I can connect them to the source that can help them is through prayer. And so that is, we got to get a hold of that. As we approach the new year, again, we're going into 21 days of prayer and fasting, and I'll take a, talk a little bit more about that here in a little bit. But as we begin to refocus our hearts as we enter into the new year, it's essential that we realize this, and we have to go to God for people. I know sometimes I can get very selfish in prayer, right? It's all about me, 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 right? There's this book that I read uh, a couple of years ago. It's called The Celebration of Discipline. If you haven't read it, write it down and order it. I highly recommend it. And this, this fellow named Richard Foster, he talks about these different disciplines. And, and sometimes when we talk about discipline, it's uncomfortable, right? The, the message this morning is about prayer, a little bit about fasting. And those are disciplines. And sometimes it's uncomfortable to walk in those things, right? But Richard Foster, he says this, he says, mature prayer takes us beyond ourselves to care for others. And if we genuinely care for others, we will desire for them far more than it is within our power to give them. So as we begin walking in prayer, again, let's think about intercession. Let's think about those that are in our circle of influence. The things that, you know, people, again, they, they need help. And we have a source to connect them to. Amen? And so that's, that's vital we get that this morning. Now I want to switch gears just a little bit and talk about potential, the potential in prayer. And this is a really cool set of verses I'm going to read here in a second. But I think one thing God is, is, is trying to tell us is prayer is a discipline, like I just said, in which we find the deepest potential for both ourselves and the world around us. I mean, imagine what our lives would look like if we, if we buckled down, got serious about it, and really went after God. I'm talking really, really go after God. How would that affect our personal lives? And how would it affect the world around us? And I think prayer is one of those disciplines. Again, it's a vehicle that can launch us into our true potential. If you have children, when I look at Everett and Eliza, there's nothing more in this world that I want than, than them to grow up and be everything that they can possibly be. I want to give them the entire world, right? 
And God wants that for us in the here and now, in the world that we live in. And prayer is a these are and, and the, the beautiful thing about this message, I think, is there's some real practical steps in this. Like if we implement the discipline of prayer, we will see change in ourselves and the world around us. Right? And so I want to read this, uh, this section from Matthew. And I apologize, I'm kind of I'm jumping around this morning. Of course, first I was in Romans, I'm going to read a section from Matthew. And then we're going to camp out in Psalms here a little bit later, okay? So Matthew 17, 14 through 21, it says this, And they had come to the multitude. A man came to him, Jesus that is, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. Can you imagine this man talking about hurting people? Here's, he's looking for answers, right? He's looking for that source. He has a son who is so sick that this epilepsy literally causes him to, to fall into fires, into waters. And I can't I can just put myself in his shoes this morning. And he's looking for answers. He went to the disciples, and, and, and here's what it says. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, and this is kind of a hard word, right? O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? <laughs> you, ever, you ever went to Jesus privately and be like, Lord, I prayed for that. Just why, didn't, why didn't that happen, right? <laughs> and so they go to him, and, and he says this to him. He says, Because... Of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And there's a couple, I learned this from Pastor Clay, so I'm just going to regurgitate it to you because I think it's really powerful, and I, I catch myself going to it often, especially at the first of the year. But if we look at a couple of words in there, faithless, and perverse, yeah, we got a slide here. Faithless and perverse. So essentially what he's saying when you break this down is Jesus is saying, look, guys, you're not connected to God enough, and you're a little bit too connected to the world. You guys see that? And if I were to check everyone's screen time in here this morning, I think on Sundays that's usually when it comes up, right? <laughs> At least it does on mine. I would argue that every single one of us, including myself, are probably a little bit too connected to the world. Amen? And not connected. And when you, when you compare percentages like your time with the world, your time with God, yeah, it's, it's, yeah we got to humble ourselves, right? <laughs> and, but then he, gives a, then he gives a cure, right? He, he gives the exact opposite. He said, but these things come out. Look at this. Prayer and fasting is the exact reverse of that. So through prayer, prayer we are connecting back to God. And through fasting, literally, we are not eating food. That is, that's the most raw, real way you can disconnect yourself from the world. Right? And so as we approach the new year, again, January the 9th through the 29th, we're going to be into, going into 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I know that seems a little bit intimidating, right? And, and I, want to, I want to talk about that for just a moment. But I would highly encourage you, no matter what it is, do something. Disconnect from the world in some type of way and connect back to God. And Richard Foster, he, he goes on to talk about a couple of things, but one of the things he talks about too is this, this kind of principle of progression. 
And so you, you would not take me and put me in the Boston Marathon and expect me to run it in about three hours, right? About, I, I almost said two miles, but I, that's crazy. About, maybe a quarter mile in, you'd see me over there like, you know, wanting a Diet Coke and a cheeseburger. So there is a progression to this, right? And I'm not saying don't pray for big things and don't shoot for the stars and don't go big, right? We need to really challenge ourselves, and we don't need to use that as a crutch and go the easy way out. But whatever that looks like for you is going to be different. As we as a church again approach that, think about what God would have you to do. I think I have a kind of a goal in mind I have for me, myself. But maybe for you, maybe it's giving up one meal during lunch and spending a little bit more time in prayer. Maybe it's going one day and spending time in prayer with no food. Maybe it's going three days. Maybe it's seven days. Maybe it is the full 21. But pray into God, to God how He wants to use you to, to disconnect again from the world and connect back to God. And I promise you, there's never been a time where I've, I've done that, where I've, I've went into prayer and fasting. At the end of it, I was like, man, that was just a waste of time. There's been plenty of times I failed at it, right? Like I set out for you know, going three days today. About lunchtime, it's like, mm, man, you know, maybe a banana wouldn't hurt. You know, so it's difficult. It's right. It's a discipline for a reason. But, but let's all be praying and, and what we can do to disconnect and connect back to God. I think that's, that's good, right? You guys still with me this morning? Yes, Amen. Okay. Let's switch gears a little bit, and we're going to kind of finish the rest of the message up with talking about the practices of prayer. Now, there are multiple different things that we could talk about. I decided to go with kind of three big areas, avenues, that I think we all are living in and kind of have been thrown into, especially the world that we live in today and everything. At least in my spirit, it's kind of what I've been feeling and, and probably what you've been feeling as well. But the first one I want to talk about is, is praying through shame. And to, to backtrack a little bit, when we talk about the Psalms, the, the books of Psalms, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful book. And you see all these different prayers and all these different songs of people who were just crying out before God in times of trouble, right? And if we break them down, I think we can look at almost like a blueprint or a guideline of how to pray through certain things. Because I don't know about you, but there's sometimes in life where I'm kind of stuck and I don't even know what to pray for. It's just like, what do I even say right now? And so the books of Psalm give us this type of, like I said, it's a guide, so to speak of how to tackle certain things that we're going through. Now, as we reflect on this time of year, obviously it's New Year's resolutions, right? And we're, we think back to the past year, and oftentimes we think about all the things that we did right or wrong. I know like, if you're like me, it's like, man, I really wish I'd have done this and this and this and this. And, and so we can look back and think about all the things that we got wrong. And, and, and honestly, we can get into a place, and especially... If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, you know, and there's, there's, there's kind of one or two people, right? There's the people that's, that, that we get in these places of, of extreme shame. We look back at our life and you're like, man, you don't, but you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know the things I've... I'm not, I'm not worthy to go before God, right? We feel that, that intense prayer. It's like Adam and Eve in the garden, right? The first thing when they committed sin, what'd they do? They hid. They hid from God. They didn't want to go into His presence because they, they felt that shame. So if that's you this morning, there's good news. There's good news right here. We're going to, be, we're going to read the, the Psalm 32. 
And this is, this is pretty awesome. It says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. I want to look at that word blessed. I think there's a slide for it. Um, I got to digging around and looking up the, the root meaning of that word, and it's, it's really interesting. Blessed means to be made happy through setting right or making straight. So if we are in this place of, hey, we messed up a lot. I'm living in sin or I've done a bunch of things I don't, that's bad, right? But we can be blessed if we're willing to go to God and if we're willing to allow Him to make straight our path, so to speak, right? It's a beautiful word. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. These are beautiful psalms, right? It's like it's poetry. So think about the language and the imagery. You guys ever, you, ever, you felt that weight? Like, man, I'm living in this. I, I felt that when I was 18 years old, man, before I really sold out to God, like I felt weight. Like morning, night, all day long, 24 hours a day, there was something not right within me. And it was heavy. I acknowledge my sin to you. So do you see this pattern? So, so we see here David kind of being like, okay, man, I feel this. This is what I, I feel this heaviness. When I kept silent, I feel this. But here's what I did about it. Here's what I did about it. I acknowledged my sin to you. And my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely in a flood of great waters they shall not come near him. You are my hiding place. And listen to this. So we go from feeling heavy and defeated and sin, and we go from confess, as, as we confess, our path is made straight, right? And then we begin to, to realize God's character. He's there hiding. Listen to the language. It's beautiful stuff. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in a way that you should go. We receive instruction from God in a way in which we should go. I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with a bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, mercy shall surround him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. So if you're here this morning and you're feeling the weight of sin and shame, this ver these verses I've just read is a beautiful thing. We can go from that place of sin and shame to a place we end right here of shouting with joy. And, and what's, what's beautiful about that, when, when I say the word confession, you know, what comes to your mind? And I would argue that it's probably not something like very joyful, Right? There's like this weight to, to confession of like, man, I really messed up. i got to confess. But here it's a, it's a beautiful context, right? It's through confession that we receive forgiveness. And through that we actually receive joy. Our path is made straight. We're guided out of that and into something new and beautiful. 
Blessed is the person who realizes that they are deeply flawed and in need of forgiveness, but has it. And so that's my prayer for you guys this morning, for all of us this morning, that we can realize that every single one of us, we're all deeply flawed in a lot of ways, right? But we have a source, like I spoke about earlier, to which we can go to anytime, day or night. And if we confess to Him, He's faithful and just to forgive us, right? Amen. You guys still with me? Praise God. All right, let's move to the second one. Praying through fear and anxiety. And if I were to choose one to talk about this morning, it would have probably been this one. Because I feel like over the past, and and you can't help but think about COVID, and I'm not going to talk about COVID very much, but since COVID, there's been this wave of fear and anxiety in which people are extremely bound to. You know, I'm, I'm a pretty upbeat kind of guy, right? Usually I'm wilder than a Comanche. But there's been times even where I'll be sitting at home and I'll tell my wife, I'm like, man, I just don't know why I feel the way I feel. Like, I just feel kind of dreadful, right? And I think that's re- it's just really, does anybody else feel that? Am I the only one? Anybody feel this morning? And that's a really strange, so how do we deal with that? Because that can be crippling. Fear and anxiety can get you into a place where you feel stuck. And you don't feel like you can move forward. You don't know how you're going to get out of it. Now, there's this fellow named Rollo May who was a psychologist back when. And he's kind of famous for his work in talking about anxiety. And I was reading some stuff, and and he defined fear and anxiety in some really interesting ways that correspond really well to the the book we're going to read. It's Psalm 3. If you want to be turning there, if you have your Bibles, we're going to switch gears to that one. But he defines uh, fear and anxiety this way. He says, fear is an instinctive response to a present danger it is temporary and has a clear source. So in some ways, fear can be good, right? Like if I'm walking down the street, bolt of lightning strikes in front of me, boom, turn it around, I need to go this way, like I don't need to go that way, right? It's like a good thing. It's a flood of, of energy and it's a flood of adrenaline. It gets you out of a bad situation. And then anxiety is, is kind of the opposite. Anxiety is a feeling of fragility and dread. It's vague and has no clear source. Now, there's some things in general that may we can, you know, we can point that out and say that gives us anxiety. But in general, anxiety is like this cloud that follows us around all day long that we can't escape from. It's not this sudden fear run. It's like, a, I, I don't know where to go. I can't get rid of this. You're just walking around like with this cloud, like the cartoons, and you just can't escape it. And here's what's really, really interesting about anxiety. When he started talking about anxiety, when you think about dread, it's the dread of life, really. And so he said, what's important about anxiety is that we must realize is that it's actually an attack on our identity. It's this feeling that life is meaningless, that everything, you know, no matter what I do, it's going to be bad. Everything is, again, it's dread, right? There's no purpose. There's no meaning. So it's an attack on your identity. Now, look at these, these few verses here in Psalm 3. Lord, how they have increased who trouble me. Many are they who rise up against me. This is David talking, and it is a unique situation. He's been running from, from a literal threat, so that many are surrounding him. So he's, he's literally running for his life. People are trying to kill him. That's fear, right? That's a very, pre- like, I need to run from that. That's going to try to kill me. But look at this next verse. And, and sometimes we just read right over this, right? Many are they who say to me, there is no help for him and God. What are they doing right there? They're attacking his identity. 
You think about who's writing this. David, we all know the story of David, right? He's this little shepherd boy that you know, defeated this giant. And he's made king. He's a man of God. But they're attacking who he is here. So his identity. He, so he's attacked on both sides, right? With fear of what's to come. Maybe, maybe for you, it's, you have a sickness that you're dealing with. Maybe it's COVID. Maybe it's, whatever the case is, there's fear. Maybe there's dread that's in your life. Maybe there's anxiety there. And you feel completely surrounded. So again, looking at this psalm as a guide, let's see how David responds. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. Now think about this. Let's break it down. If you wake up in the morning and you grab a shield and you walk out the door, what are you, what's that say that you're expecting about the day? That something's going to come that's going to attack you, right? Now, here's what's really interesting. A shield does not prevent things from coming at you. We serve a wonderful God, but we live in a broken world. And being a Christian doesn't mean that we're immune to everything and that life is perfect and nothing is ever going to happen. But, but, God is our shield. And what does a shield do? You know, I think of the movie 300. You know, they're all lined up right there with their shields. Your shield protects the most vital part of you. You guys, you guys see that? It protects your... your you hold it here. I like to think it's... This is all the... You, you take my leg. But you know, I don't want to get nothing in here. Right? It protects the, 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 the closeness of... And then he says this. My glory. Oh Lord, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. He's saying to God that his identity is not what, in what the world says about him. Your identity is not in your past mistakes. Your identity is not in your job and your career or even, even as a husband or a wife or a, a mother or a father. Those are beautiful things and they're wonderful titles that we take upon. Being a husband and a father is a beautiful thing. But ultimately, my identity has to be found in him. Otherwise, we are going to be let down time and time again and find ourselves sinking into this fear and this anxiety. Let's keep reading. I cried to the Lord with my voice, and He heard me from His holy hill. I lay down and slept. I awoke for the Lord sustained me. So we're, we're seeing the fruits of this, right? There's this fear all around Him, but He goes to God. And as a result, the Lord hears His cry. He's even able to lay down and sleep. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of, of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone. I love this verse. You have broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing is upon your people. And so again, we see this kind of God, right? So first we, we dealt with shame. And confession to God, going to God and, and confessing to Him. He's faithful and just to forgive us. That leads us into purpose and direction and hope. And we see fear and anxiety. If you're feeling these things this morning, there's a way out, right? And I'm not saying you're going to say a prayer and instantly everything be gone. Right? Again, it's that shield thing. It doesn't mean things aren't going to come against you. But if you go to God and take to God those things, if you turn your attention to the attributes of God and who He is and who He is in your life, then you're able to be in a place of peace despite there being 10,000s around you. Despite what's going on in your life, 
You can have the peace of God. Like David said, he laid down and he slept. Now, the, the threat wasn't necessarily removed, right? But he was at peace. And I think this is a beautiful guide that when we're, when we're experiencing these things, when you're feeling this, it's important that you kind of detach, right? Again, we're at the end of the year. It's a time of reflection. So think about how you feel. You ever do that? You ever just think about how you feel? Like, why do I feel this way? I'll do that sometimes. I'll just be at home, like, be in a bad mood. I'm like, why in the world am I feeling like this? Like, what happened? <laughs> right? So we got to remove ourselves from ourselves almost a little bit and kind of look around. All right. Moving into to my, to my last thing, and I'm going to be wrapping up here in a little bit, so just, just bear with me. Is praying through pain. I know my, in my own life, personally, this past year, uh, in January, it'll be a year I lost my grandpa, and, and, and there's been so, much, so many other people who have experienced loss in here, and, and we've, we've experienced sickness, right, and all these things. And, and the, the truth is, again, going back to what I brought up in the beginning, we go through pain, deep pain. And what I've noticed about pain is that it, it can do one of two things. At least this is what it's done in my own life. There's been times where the pain has drove me into a place where I'm seeking God like no other time in my life. Like where I really need to get a hold of God. But unfortunately, the reverse of that, and I think this happens a lot of times, is when people experience pain, they go through a bad thing or a bad season, it pushes them away from God. Right? We, we have to blame somebody, we put the blame on Him, and we just disconnect ourselves from God. You know, the, the, the age-old question, if you're a good God, you know, why are you allowing these things to happen, and so forth and so on. So when we get hurt, we feel these things, and we wrestle with these things, right? And it's important that we know how to go to God in prayer. Let's, let's look at Psalm 22. We're going to read through this together, and I hope it encourages you as, as it has me. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? And from the words of my groaning, Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear. And in the night season, and I and am not silent. What I want to point out here is it's okay to show emotion. It's okay to go to God and be real. Now, I'm not saying that, obviously, we go to God in, with, with respect, right, for who He is. But God can handle your questions. He can handle your feelings. I was in the truck the other day, actually, before I read this. And, and, and this message is really, I'm just preaching to myself. It's kind of everything I'm going through. But I hope you get some of it as well. I was in the truck, and, and of course, some of you guys know I've been dealing with this whole Crohn's thing. And, and I had a, I don't, if you're, I don't know if anybody's ever had a toothache, but when they are bad, like they, there's nothing worse than a toothache, right? So I was experiencing all this, and I was in the truck, and I was just kind of before God, and I was like, God, I, I feel like when I pray, sometimes you don't even hear me. I've been praying since 2008 to receive healing for something in my body, and it ain't happened yet. Like, are, do, do you hear me when I pray? I want to see these things come to pass. Has anybody else ever been there? Like you've prayed for something so hard, and you're just not seeing it happen? So there's this like great contradiction that we have in our lives, right? On one hand, we're Christians. We trust God. We know that He is good, right? Amen. I, I, I know this. I know that God is good. I know that He's the giver of life. I know He is healer. I know He gives me purpose and direction and all these things. I've seen it done in my own life. 
I've seen my, my grandma a mass gone. I've seen my dad healed. We've seen this in our church. So we know he does and he can. But then on the other hand, we have these things that we're, we're still praying about where it's like we're not seeing God show up just yet. And so there's this like balance, right? Of like we know God's good, but we're not seeing this happen. So there's this like contradiction in our hearts. And I think this is what, what David is wrestling with right here, right? We see him showing emotion. So we must learn to lament. We must learn to... And this is uncomfortable, guys. I don't know if you guys have been through this, but when you get really open before God and share like, what you really feel, like it's uncomfortable sometimes, but it can be what's best. It's like in that moment, something clicked for me. Matter of fact, I went home that night and I was, was, was doing prayer at bedtime and I told Everett, I was like, put your hand right here and pray for my tears. <laughs> oh, my son. You know, I'm trying to guide him along too, you know. And, and so he just prayed the simple prayer, Daddy, you know, Lord, please heal my daddy's tooth. And I promise you, since then, it's, it's not hurt. Amen, right? That's, I mean, that's incredible. You know, it's, I called the dentist and I was like, Ben, I need to, I need to see you, buddy. It was like Chris, the Christmas season. Like I get you in. I'm going tomorrow. So there's that. Pray for me going to the dentist. But, but there, God knew there was this gap of time where I needed some real comfort, right? And through my and I told my son, I was like, you know, and I think that's important. Right? That's a lesson too. As we was the pro, the progression part. Sometimes we're praying for really big things, and God cares about the the ordinary things too, right? He cares about your toothache. He cares about the little things. Invite your kids into that too, and your family and. And you guys learn and grow and pray together. Anyway, I'm kind of getting off there. But. So, this contradiction I was talking about. How's it, let's see how David responds. So he's really open before God. God, do you even hear me? Right? And then he says this. But you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted you in you. They trusted and you delivered them. So he's recounting things that he knows. Like I just said, there's times in my life and the people around me, I know God moves. So it's important that we remind ourselves of these things when we're not seeing what we're praying for come to pass, right? They cried to you and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not ashamed. But I, and then he goes back to some lament, right? I am a worm and no man. Sometimes I feel, you ever feel that? I feel that way. <laughs> like I'm a worm. I am no man. A reproach of men and despised by the people. All those who see me ridicule me. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head saying, He trusted in the Lord. Let Him rescue Him. Let Him deliver Him since He delights in Him. But you are He who took me out of the womb. So again, David, he's going back to the, the character and the nature of God. And that's what we must do. Right? And there, there's two types of people really with this right there's the people who when things happen to them you like suppress emotion down it's like we're not going to talk about that it builds and it builds and builds and explodes and then there's the people who's like like me i'm kind of super emotional right and just all over the place and i let my emotion take me to places i don't want to be and you know sometimes i'll think back and i'm like son i'm sorry i shouldn't have yelled you know we have to we have to backtrack and so here we see a balance of it's you feel these things for a reason Share them with God. But then, don't let that control you. Don't let that take you to a place, like I was saying earlier, where it's like we just disconnect from God completely. Acknowledge how you feel, but then turn to God in His attributes, in His goodness. You are holy, it says here. You made me trust while in my mother's breast. I was cast upon you from birth, my mother's womb. You have been my God. 
Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Many bulls have surrounded... Listen to the language again that, that David's using here. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. They gape at me with their mouths like raging and roaring lion. I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within me. My strength is dried up like a post-shirt. Pot, pot and my tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death. For dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierce my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them. And for my, clothes, my clothing they cast for lots. So again, we... You guys ever feel this way? You feel surrounded. You feel like you're falling apart. You know, his bones are out of joint, like water, like his heart's like wax, feeling fear. He's, so he's, again, he's sharing before God what he's feeling like. And, and then, he, then he opens up to God here. He says, Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth and from the horns of the wild oxen. But then something happens here. We see, we see this shift, right? We see David coming from this place of pain, questions, emotions. He shares those things with God. He's open before God. He remembers. And I hope you guys are paying attention to this God, right? That you put yourself in this situation. When you feel these things like shame, like fear, like anxiety, like pain, there's a God here in which we can go to the Lord. And I'm going to talk about that here in just a moment. But it says here, I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. Now, what I would encourage you to do is you read through the Psalms. A lot of times there's like little headings on there that kind of gives you a little backstory, a little context. And so in this particular story, if you go back to like 2 Samuel, you can read about David and actually what he's going through and how he was delivered from his enemies. And so now we're in a time of celebration. And he's bringing other people in. And I think that's a message in and of itself, right? Sometimes we need to celebrate these things. We need to get in community with other believers. We need to share what's, what's going wrong. We need to share what we're going through. And we need to celebrate our victories, amen? We need to remember the good things of God and what He's done in our lives. You who fear the Lord, praise Him. And you descendants of Jacob, glorify Him. And fear Him, all you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, nor has he hidden his face from him. But when he cried to him, he heard, My praise shall be of you in the great assembly. I will pay my vows before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. Let your heart live forever. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and He rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth shall eat and worship. All those who go down to the dust shall bow down before Him. Even he who cannot keep himself alive, a posterity shall serve Him. It will be recounted of the Lord to the next generation. They will come and declare His righteousness to a people who will be born that He has done this. Now, as I was reading through that, I, I hope you caught some, some language there that seemed really familiar, right? So the very first verse of that is, 
My God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Does that sound familiar to you guys? And so what you see about this psalm is it was something extremely personal to David and what he was going through, but it was also a prayer that the people kind of adopted, right? And that the people would sing this psalm throughout ages, throughout generations. Even down to Jesus on the cross, he, kind of, he praised this prayer right here, right? On the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then it goes on to even, even more stuff, right? It even says here that his hands and his feet were pierced. His clothes were cast for lots. So you see the, the similarities here and how beautiful that is? And what I want to leave you with and what I want to encourage you with is, is this. As we approach the new year, I pray that we can all be a little bit more disciplined, right? And we can learn to pray through some of these things. And, and, and we end this psalm with a celebration. And there's things in your life that you're praying for right now, and I pray along with you, and I pray that you see the victory out of that. And we can celebrate that together. However, there's some things that we pray for that ultimately we're not going to get the answer we're looking for. Or maybe we have to wait just a little bit longer than we would like to. Right? But there's one thing for sure. When we look at Jesus' life and what He'd done, He entered into our world. He suffered as we suffer. He knows what you're going through this morning. And we know that He went to the cross and He died for us. And three days later, He rose up and He defeated death. And one day, we too will see victory. It may not be how we want it in this life in the here and now. But one day we will walk in this celebration as well. But while we were here, while we are here, I pray that we can all realize that, man, man, God has so much in store for us. And I'm not talking about materials and, and blessings and money. and car. I'm not talking about that. I think God wants to see revival breakout in our own lives, in our families, in our schools, in our community, in our state, in our nation. Again, going back to the whole anxiety thing, sometimes we just walk around in dread. Oh, look at the shape of the country. It's all down here from here. It's just, that's all you hear all day, right? It's just negative, negative, negative. I rebuke that stuff, man. I think God wants to do crazy good things. But here's the key. He's left us a blueprint, right? He, he's left us kind of these disciplines. And that's the Christian. And we don't just, with anything in life, right? There are disciplines that we need to really hold on to. And if we expect to see God move in ways that we want to see Him move in, we must take things like prayer seriously. And we must learn to be a bit more disciplined in these areas. And really go after God. As we close, I just want you to I want you to kind of reflect and I want you to think. Matter of fact, let's just all just uh, let's, let's bow our heads. And every person in here, I know that uh, I don't want us just to hear these things 
and it just this be the end of it and we leave out these doors and nothing changed. But I really want you to, to reflect on your life right now. I really want you to think about this past year even and think about, you know, are you experiencing some shame? Are you experiencing fear and anxieties? Are you experiencing pain or anything else? Just be, be open and honest before God this morning and really think about how you feel and what you're going through. And, and I th- just, just pray yourself this morning. You know, this altar is a beautiful place. And I want to encourage everybody in here to, to really go after God in whatever say you, way you see fit. And I just want to pray for us as we do that, as we begin thinking about those things and as we launch into this new year here in a couple of weeks. and So just reflect this morning. Open up to God. Let's cry out to Him this morning. Maybe this you're here and, and you've not made a decision for Jesus. Myself and some others will be down here in the front if you would like to come up here and talk to anybody. We're here to pray for you and with you. So, Lord, I just thank you so much this morning. God, I thank you for prayer, God. We are praying right now. And we can come boldly before your throne. Because of the sacrifice that Jesus made and what he did on the cross, that tore down that barrier, that tore down those walls, and now we have access to you. We stand before you spotless and clean because of the sacrifice of Jesus. And we're so thankful and grateful for that. God, every single person in here, I know we all are going through different things and we're suffering through different things. And you've left us this blueprint, this guideline of of how to deal with these issues, God. And I pray that we would seek you like we never have before, God. I pray that you meet people right here this morning, that they would feel your presence in such a real way. Wherever they're at, God, just show up right now. Let them begin to feel your presence, invade their space, invade their lives. I pray blessings on each and every person here, each and every family represented, those watching online, Father. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we love you, Father. We thank you for what you're doing. Lead us and guide us and direct us. We give it all to you this morning, God.